It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Stuffing in tigers and bears. Oh my! Welcome to episode 130 of From the Middle. We are three middle class guys living in the middle chapters of America. <laughs> Suck a duck. <laughs> Three middle class guys in the middle of America. That's uh, why am I forgetting it? I don't know. You I never forget it. You wrote the thing. Three middle class guys in the middle of America in the middle chapters of our lives. What is it? This is why. This yeah, is this is why. This is living in the middle of America in the middle chapter of our of our lives. With the point of view. This is why writers aren't performers. <laughs> we're leaving all of this in. <laughs> you know the thing. We have a centrist point of view, and we're awesome. Um, in this episode, we cover a lot of things. Uh, we talk about handkerchiefs and their significance in the gay community in the seventies. We Dylan challenged us last week to to make patties out of our leftover Thanksgiving stuffing and make it a sandwich, and he didn't participate because he's a jerk. Um, but he did try some other things. He's going to talk about that. We talk about the game, and then at the end we cover a bunch of things that we're streaming. Enjoy, because we sure did. Leave it all in. <laughs> give, give, give us a, give us a uh, founding member. Oh, yeah. Pods Media. We're also founding members of the Odd Pods Media Network. <laughs> oh, for the love. <laughs> Sorry, just clearing my Mountain Dew hole. I got my phone hole clean today. That's where you keep it? So cerebral, and you're so developed and evolved. <laughs> From the middle after dark over here. What do you think about rewriting the lyrics to the song Tiny Bubbles, and then we could change the title to Chubby Hubbles? <laughs> I think that'd be a real banger. I'm on it. I'm on it. I, oh my god! Kindles the musician. Go for it, buddy. Chubby Hubbles in on my the mic. On the mics. On the on mics. the mics. Make me feel happy. Make me feel fine. Yeah. Anyway. In that the, could be our new intro sometimes. We're going to have to pass we'll, that along to Sam. We'll shoehorn Kendall in there somehow. <laughs> the word Kendall. In the gay community, would we be considered bears? Is that the term? Bigger I, guys with beards? I'm, I don't, I'm unqualified to... So, 
I started wearing a handkerchief in my back pocket. Mm-hmm. Word. As a facial covering when going into public places. Okay. And right. it also looked pretty cool on the Harley when I was like, just a bit of a handkerchief was flailing behind me. Sure. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, well, I'm not just going to put any handkerchief in there. I'm going to color coordinate with the rest of my outfit. As naturally. <laughs> as a biker would. Right. <laughs> and then I remember vaguely, I was like, I think there's a thing in the gay community about handkerchiefs in your back pocket. Have you heard about this before? Uh, I've not. I've- so back in the 70s, primarily, a whole secret message system was created about colored handkerchiefs in the back pockets of gay men to signal to other gay men what they were quote unquote down for. (laughs) Interesting. And I was like, I've been doing this handkerchief in my back pocket thing for a while now (laughs) during COVID. Is that still a thing? So I looked it up, which is great for my search history. <laughs> and it turns out that, yeah, in fact, um, there was. It's no longer practiced today, so we're in the clear. But different colors meant different things that you were down for certain things or not. And then which pocket you put it in meant you were either dominant or submissive. So a big spoon or a little spoon or a top or a Yeah, bottom. yeah. These days, fun facts. Yeah. Question: What's the, <laughs> you know, the the political signs people put in their yards on the little metal stands? What's that material? The plasticky uh, oh, kind of I, sign, corrugated, corrugated, whatever. Board. You could just get the eggplant emoji printed on that and put that in your back pocket <laughs> if you wanted. There you go. Well, I think I think the whole flying your flag in your back pocket was basically replaced by grinder, right? I mean. We don't have to be secretive about it anymore. I suppose. I would say that the the handkerchief thing these days, maybe generally speaking, means more if you're using the handkerchief to color coordinate with the rest of your outfit. <laughs> in, the, in the back of my mind, Netflix recently added every episode of Seinfeld. And in the back of my mind, I hear Jerry and George going, not that there's anything wrong with that. Over and over after every sentence yeah. that comes out of your mouth. So the fact that I wore an orange handkerchief, orange, orange handkerchief, orange handkerchief tonight to color coordinate with my new kicks is more of a sign than what I was describing. Yeah. Okay. You, you, you want to talk about your kicks, right? No. No. So don't. anyway, I just thought I'd. I just thought I'd ask. Wait, which which kicks? I don't know. So, hey. We really appreciate when you all reach out and... Uh, we seriously love it. Yeah, it's one of our favorite things. There are a lot of ways to do that, all of which are described in great detail um, in the description below. But we got an email from a listener, uh, Sherry, and I wanted to read that to you. This is in reference to episode number 128, where we were talking about, gosh, a few different things, but Kendall posed the question, when we're older... Who are the people that are going to be promoting, like Medicare and um, what were the other examples you gave? Uh, Medicare, reverse mortgages, reverse mortgages, diabetes. Like when you're the, the commercials that come on when you're watching Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune. Got it. So Sherry says my choice for a Medicare spokesperson would be Mario Lopez or Zac Efron. Oh, yeah, yeah. I could see both of those. Yeah, easily. more so Mario Lopez. I could see happening. Sure. Um, yeah. 
And then we talked a little bit about photography in that episode and like the sort of posed super fake, like, you know, Dylan running through a field of grass when I don't think he's ever been in a field of grass. Or running. Or running. Look natural, just don't be yourself. (laughs) Yeah. And here's what she says about that. A few good thoughts. I, I enjoy photography and have carried a camera around my entire life. I think capturing all the moments are so important. For me, the art is what my natural eye captures in the lens, the aesthetics, backgrounds, etc. I may use Photoshop to do minor touch-ups, etc., but I want to provide my clients something natural. I remember one of your earlier episodes that related to the question, what is art? I really struggle with how photography has evolved over the last 20 years. After listening to that episode, I thought about it from a different perspective. We, we're getting people thinking, you guys. No she says maybe the new photographer's art isn't about capturing that perfect moment in the lens, but more about their expertise in posing and Photoshop, creating an experience for their client, and social media influence. Personally, I'm a beginner in Photoshop, and I have no desire to become good at it. Does that make me a bad photographer? No, but it makes me a bad new photographer. Having a good eye and navigating through Photoshop, etc., are two different skill sets. I get totally annoyed by all the naturally posed, hat-wearing, head-thrown-back laughing photos or baby tied up in the wrap sitting in a bucket. Everybody's doing it, which makes it not very creative. However, I appreciate the art behind the scenes, what it took to make that photo just perfect, its beautiful work, and I admire and enjoy it. So, to each his own, I see both sides. In the meantime, go schedule a family photo at JCPenney. I guess that would be a considered a middle-of-the-road option for you middlers, Sherry. Indeed. Thanks for the email, Sherry. Really good thoughts and love your answers about who the elderly spokespersons are going to be in our not-too-distant future. Yeah. And the, the art stuff is... Uh, I constantly think about that, too. And um, I, I like her point that that m- maybe maybe she's... A good photographer, but maybe not as great at the quote unquote new photographer. Right. If it all comes down to basically what people, the experience that people are expecting from you. Right. Right. And so that's when, like in the music world, people of our generation a lot of times tend to look at some of the newer music and say, well, you're, I mean, you don't have the fundamentals down to play a guitar as technically as the people that I grew up listening to. So are they actually musicians? And the answer is, well, what, what does it matter? They're right. still, even if they're just sitting in front of a computer, um, they're still able to make something uh, that is... That, that could be creative, could still have its own technical stuff that we don't even know about. Um, and, uh, and maybe they are pushing the boundaries of, of, uh, of, of meters and time signatures. They're just throwing all of that stuff out the window and kind of trying to do their own thing because they're doing possibly something different. They're not trying to wow you with, look at what my fingers can do, but they're trying to wow you with, look at what my mind has come up with. Or look at listen to the story that I'm trying to tell right. without using words, those kinds of things. So it is it is different. I I like I prefer the little live attitude. I think it's funny to take an extremist position sometimes on things, um, but <laughs> for people who know me personally, <laughs> know that when it comes to these kinds of things, I typically have the little live kind of attitude and even if i don't enjoy it i can still appreciate that someone else does yeah it's funny i was just i was i was doing a deep dive on some music related article and it was talking about how um some current pop musician doesn't matter insert name it was like somebody doesn't write their own music and it led to this deep discussion about 
that's a test that we're holding up against modern musicians that like no one had ever applied to musicians like Elvis or like that was a thing that came out with like the Beatles and later. And even then is the exception, not the rule. Mm-hmm. Most of these artists were never known for writing music at being singer songwriters, essentially. Right. Um, that is an exception, not a rule, but we like to apply that to like modern pop genre artists. Like, well, Ariana Grande doesn't even Rihanna doesn't even write her own music. Like that's, that's not normal. That's, that's the abnormal, but that's just this way to judge music in a way that's really unfair. Um, so it's funny because I just happened to kind of go down that rabbit hole and I'd never thought about it before. Yeah. You just hear that about pop artists specifically as a way to like pick on them. Um, yeah. And that's, you know, it's not even, but fair. even, but even then, like if what you, if what you appreciate is, is creative songwriting, whether that's lyrics or music or both, um, then that's fine. That's okay. You should probably get to know the names of some writers mm-hmm. and right. follow them right. and and figure out the different artists that they've worked with and pick and choose songs that way. And that's that's perfectly fine and acceptable. Um, but it's okay for other people to just say, you know what? I, I enjoy listening to the person singing it, singing it that way. There's I, I watched it. I was going to bring it up anyway, but last night I watched for the first time, didn't even know it was a thing. Uh, Jimmy Fallon is hosting a celebrity game show called that's my jam. Of course he is. And, <laughs> uh, and I, it was just kind of blindly on the TV. Uh, and I started paying attention because for one thing, I love Blake Shelton. I think the dude's hilarious. Um, and, and so he was there, he had basically all of the, uh, uh, what's the show? The voice uh, judges yep. were all there and they were teamed up against one another two two teams of two they did this one battle between Ke- Kelly Clarkson and Ar- Ariana Grande where they were they were just it was karaoke style going back and forth uh singing portions of these random songs by female vocalists uh and their job was to try to perform and emulate that female vocalist it was it seriously almost brought tears to my eyes how good they were at that if i were to close my eyes and i would not have been able to tell you that that was kelly clarkson and not alanis morissette singing you ought to know wow it was perfect i think they both did celine dion impressions that were spot on and and like it was amazing i was blown away which i rarely am from these types of shows at kelly clarkson ariana grande the pure talent that they had and the emotion that they were able to kind of feed a song on a dime just turn around and do it and it was it was amazing to me appropriately titled because you know those are the ones they've been practicing in their showers for like their whole lives and that's why they can like channel all this energy and emotion yeah yeah and i felt like they were songs that they would have grown up with anyway i don't if people watch a lot of jimmy fallon you get the feeling that a lot of like the the randomized kind of games that they have like on the tonight show um aren't really random you know uh, for some reason, certain celebrities always get the same impressions that they're supposed to randomly try. I did get the feeling that this was legitimately random because uh, in other parts of the show, they're like they were struggling with some things. Hmm. Yeah, so, so that's that's a bit he's done when he's had a musical artist on his couch, mm-hmm. but he'll say, "Sing this nursery rhyme in the voice of," and Ariana Grande is one of the ones who's super good at it. Yeah, um, that's really funny. Um, 
Yeah, that's cool. I'm glad you... Speaking of random impressions worth Googling, Bill Hader's uh, Alan Alda is really good. <laughs> totally random person uh, to to improvise on. Uh, and not super popular A-list celebrity, but that's a really good one. Check that one out. Just realized my headset wasn't on. Um, Dylan, <laughs> last week was Thanksgiving, and sure I think was. we all had a good time mm-hmm. with friends and family and, mm-hmm. and had mm-hmm. some good food. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. Uh, searched the interwebs for... Or tell us, tell us the premise again about this yeah. challenge that you, that you came up with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, a great idea, Dylan. We should. Yeah, yeah. So I somebody on social media asked a question about unique Thanksgiving traditions. That's foods. right. And That's one of right. one of the comments I found particularly fascinating, and it was this idea of taking us. They said that their family likes to take stuffing or dressing, depending on where you live in the country. Uh, for Thanksgiving, uh, make it extra moist, form it into like a patty, and then fry it up. So my question, I was kind of intrigued by that. My question was, if we were tasked with turning that into a sandwich, how would we do so? You two were able to get the supplies, I understand, uh, over Thanksgiving weekend to actually yeah. mm-hmm. make this happen. Yeah, I did not... Uh, I was at somebody else's home for Thanksgiving. It was not my home to run off with leftovers to <laughs> test this. Uh, but so you sent us off on this little exercise and didn't participate. Is that what you're well, saying? Well, <clears throat> turns out if you have croutons, Italian breadcrumbs, and some water, you can slosh <laughs> together quite a paste. Yeah. And uh, it was interesting. Once I once I fried it and then ladled that onto some bread to try. I'm just kidding. I didn't do any of that. <laughs> Uh, no, I haven't tried it yet. Um, our friends over at, I, I will say that I'll jump in really quick though. Our friends over at the grab them in the brisket podcast, uh, who actually know how to prepare food said, uh, use two stuffing patties instead of bread, add some Turkey, a little Mayo and some cranberry sauce and you're golden. That yeah. was nice. That was their idea for the Turkey. Sandwich. That's a perfect idea. And, and maybe kind of an, ob- not in a bad way, an obvious idea and that we missed it. Yeah. Because we we talked about you don't want bread on bread, and we skipped over. My wife told me last week after listening to to that episode, um, was she spends a frustratingly long uh, 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 amount of time listening to our podcast, screaming <laughs> at the obvious answers that we missed to yeah. things to yeah. questions yeah. and or or things that we get wrong that we just don't bother to correct and. Uh, <laughs> Well, I'm an and idiot. That, and that was one of them, actually, yeah. from her. Rightfully so. I'm an idiot. And when I read it, and it was form into patty and fry, my brain says, well, that's the middle. Patty. Because you've yes. made a patty. They yes. lost So how patty. would you do things around that okay. to make it into a sandwich? Well, yes, for our friends at the Grab Them in the Brisket podcast and for your wife, who are much smarter than we are, yes, <laughs> you could have just fried those and made them into two sandwiches. In fact... I think KFC did something similar with like fried chicken breasts and made those the sandwich. I even mentioned that. A long that. time ago. Did you on the I episode? I even mentioned yeah, yeah, yeah. that. So yeah. you yeah. mentioned that in that episode. I'm the idiot. Everyone's right in being frustrated, but you guys got to actually try it. Yes, indeed. So our listeners have been waiting with basted breath. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Unplanned. <laughs> yes. I mean, all right, sorry. What was the other one? 
The other one is a long story. We don't know what have was the, the what was the other one? The the third one? Yeah. We don't have a third one. No, we have the one. The, we don't the anymore because I switched SD cards. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I think Corey is hilarious. <laughs> We're missing all kinds of things. We <laughs> okay. for, I forgot to do that. We forgot to do the lighting and then all that. So, listener, you've been waiting with bated breath <laughs> to hear what two of us did with the leftover stuffing patty challenge. And if you're on the YouTubes, we are going to share my video first. And uh, if you're just listening in your car, check out our YouTube channel. We'll post these separately so that you can see my master culinary skills at work. All right. We talked, all right, we talked about it on the podcast this week about what if you were to make a patty out of your leftover stuffing from Thanksgiving. So I took an egg and fried this stuffing patty gonna put it on the it's a nice large patty by the way we argued about whether or not putting it on bread was redundant but we're gonna try it anyway. i still say no a few pieces of leftover turkey haven't decided if i'm gonna use the cheese or not some warmed up gravy over the whole thing nice leave some of that for maybe we try one with the cheese All that together. Struggling with the smush. Struggling with a one-handed smush. I'll let you know. All right. So before we... That was very Sebastian. Before any, before any comments, you know. <laughs> you're, you're about to find out just how amateur hour that nonsense was. Because look at what this freaking guy does. Go ahead. Share your video, Ken. So I'm going to start with some sharp white cheddar cheese. Throwing it on some parchment paper. Making it into a rough circle shape. This is going to go into a 420 degree oven. Uh, it took maybe 10 minutes or so for it to get all melted down. While that was cooking I made this aioli um, using about two tablespoons of cranberry sauce, two tablespoons of mayonnaise, and about maybe half a tablespoon or so of the spicy mustard. This stuff is amazing by the way. You should make this and you should put it on everything. I'm going to put it on my cereal tomorrow morning. Uh, here I am frying up the patty. Uh, the stuffing patty, not much to talk about there. <clears throat> but then I do That's my jam. have the cheese there in the oven. When it gets all bubbly like that, um, that's when you know it's melted through and ready to go. So you need to let that cool, which is tricky. Because if you let it cool for too long, it'll solidify into that flat shape. What you want is a taco shell shape. So you need to be able to transfer it over to something that you can drape it this freaking in that guy. manner. And then when that's all cooled, then you can uh, go ahead and assemble. So I'm going to put some of that aioli right on top of that patty. And then I'm going to put that whole thing into our white cheddar cheese shell. Which begs the question, is a taco a sandwich? No. For that matter, is this even a taco? I don't know. But it should be. Putting me to shame. So, <clears throat> I have a couple of questions. Are you, as the person who I think in the episode was the first one to come out and say, I don't think I was going to put cheese on the thing. Right. And then I ended up like like using cheese as the main ingredient. Um, did you did you make two? Did you try? So I one? did the one that you saw in the video, and then I did an open face one where I just did another, a second stuffing patty, more strips of turkey. Yeah, 
No, cheese first, then more strips of turkey, then the gravy again. Okay. I think I prefer the open face style of what I did. The okay. bread was a little much. So, okay, so open face style. Did you put more gravy on it then? Yeah. Before the open face situation? Yeah. Cool. Did you have any mashed potatoes on the fridge? No. Nah, because that would have been good. No. Okay. And it was very good. I Something about frying the stuffing, that crispiness to an otherwise, you know, moist and soft dish was nice. I'm very jealous of your aioli. And the cheese taco? Skills, cheese, bro. I've never even seen that the before. The cheese taco. That's, I mean, it, so we, we were talking before, like, like it, I love cooking, which means I watch a lot of cooking videos, which means to me, like, I have seen a lot of people make cheese taco shells before and like cheese bowls yeah. and things. This was a surprise to you guys. I've yeah. never seen it. You've never seen it before. And you watch a lot of cooking shows, Dylan. I, I don't think anybody is making cheese, like cheese shells frequently that I watch on, on anything that I watch. So this might be a YouTube phenomenon where they're trying to make purposefully unique food. It could not, be. Not like traditional dishes and then yeah. slight spins on traditional dishes. Yeah. Like yeah. doesn't Babish like to do stuff like foods that are in cartoons and movies and mm-hmm. that's that's about half of what Babish does is yeah. like kind of outlandish stuff like that. I tend to like the outlandish foodie videos. Yeah. Like and he's so, doing the bacon pancakes from Adventure Time. Right. Because that's the kind of stuff. He that did he a does. moist maker from Friends. See, that's what I'm talking about. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I don't because I don't watch him, I don't get those spin off videos where it's like you know, check out this food from Ghostbusters. Oh, that's a good point. So because I'm watching Babish a lot, because a lot of times I'm not, I haven't necessarily seen Babish do with a cheese taco. Yeah. But like the algorithm is like, well, if you like weird stuff, here's a bunch of people making cheese shells. (laughs) (laughs) All you can eat cheese tacos, baby. (laughs) I mean, I'd eat it. Don't get me wrong. It sounds so, but that was, that was my solution to trying to, to trying to not do bread again. Yeah. That was my, and, and how was it? It looks amazing. I'm going to do it again. It oh, was yeah. amazing. Really? Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. It had a texture that was incredible because the the cheese like gets uh, on the edges it gets crispy and stuff, right? Now, everybody's had cooked cheese before even if yeah. like they just stole a piece off of a yeah, no, go on though. Don't, cheese. Don't cut me off. But uh <laughs> huh? Keep talking about the cheese. You're good. Keep talking about the cheese. Don't yeah, cut sure. you. Did I cut you off? No. I meant don't cut off my enjoyment if you talking oh, about the cheese. Gosh. <laughs> Yeah, and that's all you get. You get to hear about it because you didn't do jack squat. Well, you get to you lazy bones. You ought to feel ashamed of yourself. You this get, was your exercise. Look, yeah, there, <laughs> there's no one more excited <laughs> to eat and try new foods than this chubby bubble. All right, <laughs> I was dying to try it, and it, like I said, <sighs> my my polite Midwestern part of me took over. When it wasn't my house, I couldn't ask for food to take with me when it wasn't my house. Yeah, fine. Oh, I couldn't no, it do it. It was family's house. Nah. It was. It was in-laws, which I understand that dynamic there is a little bit different. Yeah, and we've even talked about being comfortable going into people's houses and taking food out of the fridge and stuff. Mm-hmm. This is Thanksgiving, so this is like the Indiana Jones stealing the crystal skull type level of that. This is not- Maybe I feel like the dynamic at a lot of Thanksgivings is people are like trying to get rid of food. Yeah, but the problem is like I didn't see them putting it away, so it got to the point where it was like- yeah. Yeah. Now it's all packed away in the fridge, and so it's very obvious I'm rooting around. Well, next time, just bring a Ziploc baggie with you to the dinner table. Well, and I could have done that. If I had known it was cold enough, I could have made a plate, went out and set it in my car, 
and just let it sit there for hours and right. then ran it inside. So we had a big Anyways. a big family version. And right when the very first people started going through the line, I went to the host, Dylan and I's Aunt Kathy, and I said, listen, Dylan wants us to do this thing, so I need a cup of some stuffing, some extra strips of turkey, and a little bit of gravy before this whole shindig is over. She's like, no problem. Take what you want. And there was a crap ton left over. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, do you have anything you did want to say about Thanksgiving? Abandoner of tasks? <laughs> um, I No, I think that was it. I So you guys both liked your... Your your experience, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do it again. Okay, you would do it again. Uh, we did get a nice tweet. We also in that episode we talked about starting to decorate for Christmas. Indeed. Uh, in our last episode, um, John uh, on Twitter said we were ready with our lights and decor two days after Christmas, and uh, post sent us a couple pictures if you want to follow us on Twitter. Uh, just totally decked out. Yard is completely very beautifully full. done. Um, yard is completely full of uh, all kinds of blow up things and lights. And uh, so, John, thank you for sending us those uh, photos. That was fantastic. Did you did you have any other stories about Thanksgiving that you wanted to talk oh, about? Oh well, so <laughs> we talked a little bit about as we were talking about Thanksgiving food. The thing that kind of led up to that. Um, I tried some new stuff that I oh, yeah I, you know that I haven't. That I've, I've probably tried a long time ago, but it's been so long I haven't given it a fair shot kind of as an adult. Okay. okay. So uh, now obviously this is going to be highly based on, you know, some people's families, uh, they aren't good cooks and the food sucks uh, at holidays. <laughs> and sometimes you go places where the food is great. Careful. Fortun- you're talking about your in-laws. Fortunately, <laughs> the food at my in-laws is great. So I felt really comfortable. <laughs> Trying some of these things for the fr- I'll say the first time or maybe the first time since my childhood and I've kind of forgotten. Um, so a few things that I tried, uh, maybe again, I don't remember. I did try stuffing. I ate a good amount of stuffing uh, and I liked it. It was actually it was really good. It had a nice it was baked, had a nice crispy top edge, mm-hmm. uh, but it was really soft and moist in the bottom. It just didn't get any to make into a, a patty. Mm. Um, I tried some sweet potatoes. Now. A lot of times I'll see these with marshmallows coating the pan. Yeah, that's the sweet potato casserole. This was a brown sugar crunchy top. That's like the, the more like the candy DMs kind of thing. Yeah, so it was that. Uh, also very good. Basically a dessert. Uh, yeah. Yep, yeah. Yeah, basically a dessert. Um, I also tried uh, fruit salad, but it wasn't normal fruit salad. This is called like, um, it's named after a certain kind of dessert. Ambrosia? I don't know. It's It was like apples and marshmallows and like Cool Whip. Yeah, but it's, it, it's named after actually something that's typically more things, but in like a mayonnaise base, mm-hmm. um, if that's what it is. I think so. That was nice, although that was served with a food, and that also felt like a dessert. Interesting. So yeah. uh, not a criticism, because everyone is going to have dishes whenever they had them growing up forever, but I thought those are two kind of weird things. I would expect those to be with the desserts. Uh, and then I had cranberry sauce. Uh, didn't like that at all. Uh, not good. <laughs> The homemade kind or the canned ocean spray kind? Uh, I think it was canned. Was it cut into slices? Well, then you were eating like a no. It was kind of like soft it, jello. It, it was like broken down with a spoon into a little bowl. Not okay. Good. See, I'm not again. a fan of that stuff either. Not I love homemade cranberry sauce. Though, yeah, which is absolutely nothing like what you just described. Yeah, and and I'm like I'm totally open to trying homemade whatever that is homemade cranberry sauce yeah which i mean, is like it's it's what i used for the aioli yeah it's more it's more like a jam it's more like a jam yeah. and you get like you like 
you have like actual whole cranberries that kind of like pop in your mouth as you bite into them. Oh, well, this had that. Those had whole cranberries. Oh, did it? Yeah. Well, then I don't know what it is. You it had. was like a jam or jelly, but it had some whole cranberries in it. Well, then maybe you had the real stuff then. Maybe. Maybe I just didn't like it. It's I'm not a huge cranberry person anyways. Okay. Like even if you gave me a glass of cranberry juice, I'd have to think about it. Okay. I'm a cranberry apologist. Okay. So. <laughs> this is some We're ban- butting. We're butting heads This right is now. some banter <laughs> I never expected here. So this is something... This brought back to mind this idea that I had a long time ago that we need yes, to do. We need to do this. Now that the world has opened and restaurants are, everyone is out and we're trying foods and whatever. I want to do, and I, I, I'm i putting this out there to get a little reaction because I don't know if anyone would care. I think we should do a YouTube set of YouTube videos called One Last Shot. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to try some foods we don't like or never eat, or have not traditionally been a fan of, and just really try them again, try to get the best version we can of something, and and legitimately try to give them one last shot. Like, we're adults, we're the middle of our lives, this isn't like stuff that we haven't eaten for 20 years because we were a kid and we thought it was gross. You know, like, I'm not a big sauerkraut person, but you know what I need to do? I need to get a good brat and a good bun and some good sauerkraut. Give sauerkraut the best shot. And I just, I just need to give it one last shot. I like this and see if I, maybe if I get a good version, not that I wouldn't have had that growing up, but it's been so long. I need to get a good version, not a cheap speedway gas station, hot dog version. (laughs) Right. And really try it one last time. Well, you talk about, I think we need to like prepare. Maybe we should find out like among us. Right. What we love and could make prepare for the other people. Yeah. So sauerkraut, for example, you've got essentially, as far as I know, two worlds of sauerkraut. Okay. There's like cold deli style, really vinegary tasting. And that's what you find as a hot dog topping usually. Yeah. That kind of thing. Then you have like German prepared sauerkraut, which is not really, usually not really like all that tangy and vinegary. It's very savory. It's cooked often in like bacon fat and, and it's got more of a fennel flavor to it. <laughs> I need that one. That kind of thing. And and uh, you can mix sausage into it. Yeah, And yeah. now you have yeah, like yeah. this one dish meal of sauerkraut and sausage kind of all mixed together. Mm-hmm. That's very different from the sauerkraut that you're putting on a hot dog. Yeah, I don't, may, and I'd, I'd be willing to try both, but I like both. that's the idea. Yeah. So I think we need to make a list yes. collectively. If people yes. like this idea, if there's a hunger... For this kind of content on YouTube, this would be like fun bonus content because we can't do it in the studio. We'd have to prepare it and bring it we here. Could. We, oh, we totally could. Well, I mean, we could record it, but I don't know if it would be. The food would need to be hot. It's it's it feels easier. To, that's uh, why, that's why God matter. made crockpots. Doesn't yeah. matter. We'll figure out the the time and place. But, but I have been hearing from listeners that are in, that they were enjoying the food uh, taste testing stuff with the shrimp chips and yeah, things like that. I just so. haven't seen anything weird in a while. So trust me, I'll. I did just get you guys. Uh, I did just bring in a chili paste. Yeah. We don't we don't have to pitch it, but if we like it, maybe we can talk about it. And I found a place to get some wing hot sauces. I think you just did. But hold on, hold on. I'm getting a call. Hold on. <laughs> oh, hello, uh, hello, Michael. Hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we need to go to break. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah, this is a good time to hear some uh, some words from our friends in the Odd Pods Media Network. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. 
Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but MidiHealth understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hey, I'm Pantsless Aaron. This is Stevie. And I'm Augie. And we are BFYTW, a podcast all about playing games and having fun. Our games are usually based on British panel shows and game shows, but we'll play anything that captures our attention and imagination. Why? Why? It's right there in the title. You'll never guess what the F stands for. And we're back. Um, before, I think this was like two episodes ago or maybe last episode, before we recorded that night on Zoom. I love being back in studio, by the way. Um, Weird. Before we recorded that night on Zoom, I had just gotten an email from Patreon mm-hmm. that Tiger Belly, the podcast hosted by Bobby Lee and his girlfriend Kalila Kuhn was going to have Judd Apatow on the podcast. And they said, for all of our patrons, if you'd like to ask Judd a question, go ahead and enter it below. So who's Judd Apatow? I was going to say, I think everybody knows Judd Apatow, but he's I don't. a pretty iconic uh, comedy like director-producer. Um, Corey, Corey will pull up his IMDb to give us a couple credits, but... A lot of the comedies from the last twenty years, some of the biggest ones, okay. he probably he's probably. So I, I love I love directors, producers, and and uh, and and writers and stuff. Actors, I just feel like they don't write their own lines, and I <laughs> right. So he wrote Girls, which is really popular right now on HBO. Knocked Up, The King of Staten Island, Forty Year Old Virgin, um, a lot of different things. Zen Diaries, Julian Naked. He's been Jerry affi- Seinfeld. He's been affiliated with a lot of comedy. He was a stand-up yeah. before that. Anyway, so it was like, feel free to ask Judd a question. I knew Dylan was aware of Judd, so I said, "Hey, man, before we record, what would you like to ask Judd Apatow if you could ask him any question?" And I was looking at some of the the questions that other patrons were asking, and it was like. Would you make out with Bobby? It was just dumb stuff, right? So Dylan and I, mostly Dylan, crafted this really thoughtful question. I tweaked it a bit and submitted it. Forgot that I had done that. Yeah. And then after Thanksgiving, I'm chilling because we got the extended weekend. I'm watching the episode. And I remember, oh, we submitted a question and then forgot again while watching. And then they get to the end of the episode and this happens. All right. This is from uh, Corey Hubble. Uh, it's for Judd, but everyone in the room can answer. You get to create or jump into all kinds of comedic projects. But if you could, without constraint, jump to an existing IP or totally spin up your own version of something, no network interference or studio interference, what would it be? Like Marvel, Star Wars, anything. Um, it'd be fun to, to do like another Hangover movie if you had the great idea. I feel like people want it so badly. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like yeah, right yeah. now, the world's like, give us a good hangover. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've been yeah, in the house yeah. for two years. I want a hangover. Like, yeah. But that movie would be like a gift to the world. I think so too, yeah. Uh, that, you, that would you, be a fun you, one. You, did you produce that one? I had nothing to do with it. Uh, <laughs> but they were all so funny. And I loved it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, and, and Zach is, is the funniest. So. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Either that or what? <laughs> 
what else? Is, I, there what else they were saying IP? there's like Dune, there's Marvel, historical. Logan. I want to do another Logan. Logan oh, too. Logan. Yeah, Logan too. Yeah. <laughs> Good one. So I freak out, and they only said my name because it's my Patreon account, by the way. Um, that was totally Dylan's question. I freak out, and I'm like, oh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. They actually asked. <laughs> they were going to cut to their last segment, which is unhelpful advice, where fans write in and, and the host and the guests give bad advice, intentionally bad or sometimes actually helpful advice. Mm -hmm. But they're like, wait, we have a fan question. And then they said our last name, Chubby Hubbles. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and I sent it to you. And what did you think? I loved it. I mean, for the the practical side of me enjoyed the answer, but then you're sort of it's it's just like the Kevin Smith, Kevin Smith doing uh, the promo for like some of our Odd Pods friends and us. Yeah. When you hear them sort of talking about something, and then you hear Judd Apatow kind of like engaging in a question that you wrote because you're genuinely curious, like it's the same idea as being typecast and all these people who get typecast, and it's like if you could just go do anything. What would you want to work on? So, like, I would never have guessed Logan Two, uh, the the Marvel movie about Wolverine, Logan, that he would have wanted to make a second Logan. Like, it's the last thing. It just gives you a little bit of an idea of like where their heads at or stuff that they enjoy. That's not just the thing that they always get, you know, sort of pegged for. And so, I loved it. It was great. And then, yeah. and then you're realizing it's sort of, you know, holy cow, that was they were just talking about like what we wanted to know it was really cool i appreciate you asking yeah, yeah. so we're gonna post that to youtube as well and it'll be our second pinned video next to the kevin smith one <laughs> um just because we're <laughs> feeling our flow on that one that was really really cool we can't take down kevin and we because we didn't that wasn't like a paid cameo video from kevin smith which is like right. my favorite part of the kevin smith video that a lot of people can pay for cameos that was not that and that was just him doing an ad for Odd Pods and for our show. And we can't take that down. It's too good. So I, only because you brought up Cameo, our brother-in-law, Chad, uh, texted me tonight and informed me that my new least favorite people, and I don't throw around the word hate very often, but I want to say I, I hate these guys. The Island Boys. Do you guys know about the freaking Island Boys? I don't just think a so. Tight, tiny bit okay so it's two rappers who are brothers they oh. have separate careers their hair looks like crazy weird i don't even want to describe it in words they went they had a video that went viral where they're in a pool and just going with the island boys with island boys with island boys with island boys and the video is so triggering and i don't know why just everything inside of me reacted viscerally to these two yeah. jack wagons. Anyway, Chad, our brother-in-law said, uh, hey, uh, the Island Boys are on Cameo. I wish I had your name for Christmas and, two, <laughs> and $200. Goodness. I said, my reaction would be the gift for you. I'd hate it. Um, <laughs> anyway, if you haven't, I don't even want to know. Don't give them clicks. <clears throat> Just trust me when I say... It's a video of two weird tattooed idiots mumbling in a pool and it they're like celebrities now. I don't I don't there might be one video you can look up. I I just saw a video of them at a club or something and my take on the video is the DJ must have turned off their music because they're so bad, but they kept rapping, mm -hmm. and people start booing them. I love it. <laughs> Let's so, share that video. So if you want to do Island Boys getting booed at club, you can probably find that one. Oh, right. 
Now, I know we have a Facebook group called From the Middle for the Middlers, and I know I just invited upon myself a crap ton of Island Boy videos and memes, so I know I'm inviting this on myself when I say that, but I do want to know, listener, reader, viewer, are you also triggered by these guys? What is it? Why are they so infuriating without any knowledge of their music or anything? Just looking at them makes me want to punch something, and I don't understand. Yeah, it's fine. I've been getting uh, DMs calling me baby for the last week. So. <laughs> <laughs> you just embrace the hate, baby. Anyway. Just embrace the hate. Uh, speaking of hate, we have to talk about it. Too many of our listeners know the situation. Two of us are Ohio State fans. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I wasn't going to bring it up. One of us is a Michigan I fan. I was going to let you get away with it. Congratulations on the win. Mm -hmm. Enjoy it. I've still not healed. Somebody else has to talk. <laughs> I, look, I can be... I've had several days of weeping to really feel a lot better about it. And... <laughs> That's not true. Um, <laughs> I you learn you learn to go about your life. Yeah, yeah. Why is it so hard? Why is it so hard when your beloved team lose? You you tell yourself it's just a game. It's just a game. These a, are college students, student athletes playing a game. Yes, the rivalry is probably the most important in all of sport. It's just a game. Enjoy true. the rest of your Saturday. But I couldn't. I couldn't, man. I, you I was know, bummed there's, out. You're not alone. There's a lot of people who are like that. Now, I, I am going to say this. This isn't meant to be backhanded. Because there, there, are, there are a lot of people who are big fans of all teams who go through what you just discussed. But with Ohio State, it's almost the entire culture, and it seems like almost the entire community of Buckeye fans goes through it all together that way which is different the rest of the country is not this way some some are some are closer there's a spectrum there's a spectrum on it and ohio state is on the extremist end of that spectrum of having an entire community responding this way to it to a loss like that um i don't i i relate to the disappointment i don't relate to the it's ruining my day <laughs> I don't I I I think what honestly made it worse for me was not even so much that we lost but people who've never talked about sports and yeah. for 18 of the last 20 years start throwing up Michigan banners on their Facebook profiles yes. who've been completely silent about it's like if you're a fan of your team be a fan of your team all the time not just cuz you beat us one time in the last decade right so, like, don't wait until that moment to then be like, yeah, here I am. So you're telling me you are still still upset. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm saying that's that, what I'm hearing. That's the thing that bothered me more that day. Yeah, it's like okay. virtue signaling. It's like the all of out of out of nowhere, all of a sudden your your profile pictures. You've I've never seen you wearing that's Michigan gear ever in a, any picture. And now all of a sudden that's your profile <laughs> picture. Yeah, that's a, almost a little more because it feels fair weathery, right? If your team Maybe, is yeah, if your yeah. team is bad, support your team. Or I mean or don't, but like don't wait to come out of the cracks like once you finally won. Um 
Well, I mean, what, what else are you know? You have a reason to celebrate now, sure. But like, it's also okay every other season, every other week of the season <laughs> to post a picture of you wearing Michigan stuff. They, they, this isn't the first time they've played. So you all year. think that they're that they're purposely that they're hiding their Michiganness, yes, until they beat Ohio State, and then they're letting their Michigan ashamed shut. of it, unwilling, <laughs> unwilling to say that they're a fan until they finally had a big win. And then they were <laughs> then they were willing to come out and show themselves. All right. The well, equivalent I'm, of like virtue signaling, where you're like, you've never cared yeah. about race issues. You're in you've never you've never spoken up on behalf of race issues ever. And then you change your social media profile picture to the all black when thing. When it becomes popular. When it becomes the in vogue thing to do. Yeah. And it's like it's virtue signaling. There's all it's it's now, a, it's an attempt at to, the end of the day. You know who was a fan? Who? Who was a fan? You know who was a fan of us? That sorry, you were going to say yeah, at no the man. end of the Sebastian Maniscalco. That's right. That's it. Hey, <laughs> we had Sebastian on our side. Made me feel better. Moral victories are still victories. That's right. <laughs> and I'm I'm glad that you guys have something to hold on to. Yeah, yeah. I'll yeah, cling to it. Feels, it feels good. Um, but that's, but that's congratulations. The, yes, that's wanna, more the funny take. Thank you. Yeah, they probably they if if I wasn't involved, they probably still could have done it. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I will, I will accept the congratulations. You out toughed us, yeah, a hundred percent. And and actually, what that kind of game, it's it's not hard in any given week. And I, I'm not demeaning the victory at all. But this happens all the time in college football. If any one team shows up and plays their best game, and the other one doesn't, it doesn't matter who the two teams are. You you can have the Boise State Oklahoma upset. You can have sure. the App State Michigan upset. You can have us losing at Michigan, and 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 sometimes it's close, and both teams play well, and we just didn't play well. Uh, I, I would say more what I believe to be more and more accurate statement is that Michigan, of all the teams Ohio State played this year, Michigan matched up by far the worst for Ohio State. Yeah, I can see that, and I think Michigan had their best day, arguably one of the best Maybe. games of the season. They showed up, and we did not. And we lost because they we were, looked average. They were, Michigan was much more balanced. Um, I think we've said all that needs to be said. <laughs> lots, of, <laughs> lots, of, lots of nervous energy. Here's how I made myself feel better uh, that day. One that, was last, a, that was all love. One last comment. <laughs> uh, I was thinking back on our last, the last time we lost was the Luke Fickle season, right? So we right. were six and six. Yeah. And I, and I was thinking if I had, if somebody came to me that day and said, hey, would you take you winning as you being Ohio State you're going to win the next nine years but on the 10th year you're going to lose by two touchdowns you would take that trade off for that six and six season all day every day anyone in any rivalry forever because that sounds so not only reasonable that sounds so still unfair for Michigan that you're like heck yeah who wouldn't take nine (laughs) out of ten victories And so I was like, that was the last time we lost. We literally had an interim coach, and then we went on a streak of nine. And mm-hmm. anybody would take that for their own team all day, every day. And uh, and congratulations, because Michigan just played better. They played far better than we did that day. And uh, you got your trade-off game. So we'll try to shoot for nine more, and then you can have one back. <laughs> all right. So our last family Thanksgiving was on Sunday. And we drove to Dayton to Beatty's Mongolian Barbecue. Nice. For a 16 party table. A lot of people. And uh, 
had a good time. Uh, it prompted a question for me, though, about traffic. We've we've whinged about traffic, which is a European word for whining. We've whined <laughs> about traffic many times before, um, and like traffic etiquette. And I wonder something, and I would like to ask you guys' uh, thoughts on this. If you see a car who, like, let's say they're in the fast lane with their turn signal on and they're clearly not not passing or getting into the other lane. They're just driving with it on. Mm-hmm. Or it's dark and their lights are off. Mm-hmm. Do you take it upon yourself to try to help or, or correct that person by somehow signaling to them? Maybe their maybe uh, fuel flap. Uh, their door? gas their gas door is open or yeah. turn signals do you try to like pull up alongside them and take are you like a sebastian maniscalco like it's not your business just keep driving <laughs> <laughs> well it's funny uh, you jotted down that question and i was thinking well this could be pr- actually finding ways to to help people or passive aggressively quote helping from my car <laughs> whichever <laughs> by yelling both uh, are in to play myself. both are in play no 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 you you said f- actual ways of trying to signal to somebody You're right um I, yeah i mean i generally like i think the easiest one is the headlights right so yeah if the headlights not on are at all off, or their bikes are on yeah give them that or you pass police that are in the middle of the road you know, maybe you want to signal to the next car, throw the brights on, at least in the Midwest, a couple clicks. You Is know. that legal, by it's the way? It's actually not, I don't think. I don't I've do that. I wondered be, that. Could be a wives' tale. I don't do that. I mean, but I, in theory, like, that's something I've thought about. I appreciate it when I see it from someone else. <laughs> Theoretically see it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So I've had people flash because of deer when you're driving around here in the country. Mm, and they're like, yeah. hey, there's like a flock of deer. Um, mm. Be careful. So I've I've... I've seen that signal and used that signal uh, at times. I'm trying to think of other situations where. What about the turn signal one? Like, are you going to try to pull in front of them with yours on and then off and then yeah. on and then off to signal like your turn signal still on? That's that's where. So two thoughts there. That's exactly what I try to do. <laughs> I try to if I can. If it's a situation where I can kind of safely on a freeway get around them or whatever, I'll get in front of them. I, I won't brake check them or anything like that. Like I'm, I'll make sure I'm still pacing yeah. them. Right. I will turn on my sig- turn signal. Turn it on for a couple seconds. Turn it off turn it on for a couple seconds, turn it off. And the hopes that that gets them going. If I'm in a situation, and I've tried this before too, where like you're at a stoplight or something and you think that they would notice if you flashed your lights at them. Yeah. Then that gets them at least saying, okay, the lights were just flashed at me. Maybe I should look around. And then mm-hmm. while you're looking around, you're like, oh, my turn signal's on. Right. So yeah, I have no story there. It just got me thinking because um, on the way back, it's one thing if it's like dusk and their lights are off. Yeah. But it was now pitch black and we're on I-70 and this truck's lights were off. Well, now you're going to get shot. <laughs> Speaking of getting shot, you know where that would happen the most? Uh, I used to work around Easton, town center, the mall. Uh, lots of shootings there. But anyways, when <laughs> they're mostly harmless. When you're... But seriously, the... The issue, any of the Columbus or Ohio people are laughing. It's fine. Um, The issue there, in all seriousness, they have lots of parking garages, and the garages are actually so incredibly well lit. Mm. People will get in their car at night, not even realize their lights aren't on. We've all done it. Because they're super, super well lit. Yeah. uh, Garages. Actually, very safe. But uh, that was an issue all the time. People would pull out of the garages onto these streets around the town center, and there's even enough 
sort of lights down the main roads different directions that uh, you know you'd have cars all the time. So I'd constantly try to flash my lights at him because obviously that's very dangerous. Um, even if people are only going 25, 30 yeah. miles an hour around the mall. Can I say that on Thanksgiving when we were like on our way to my parents' house, I I accidentally cut someone off at a stop sign. And ever since then, I knew it was a black SUV. And ever since then, I'm like, I have two neighbors who drive black SUVs. Uh-huh. I don't know if it was them. Uh, I, what am I? They know what my car is. And so now I feel weird going outside. Yeah. Well, and you have such a unique neighborhood. A unique neighborhood. Isn't that what the walkers by said? Oh, yeah, this, is, this is an interesting <laughs> place. This is an interesting <laughs> place. We got to figure, we got to get to the bottom of that. Uh, yeah. Do you want to do a, a quick round of what we're watching? Any recommendations? <laughs> or, or we only save it? Well, I'll use the word recommendation kind of loosely. Uh, I assume most people have at least seen a trailer that Tiger King season two is out. Ooh, and if that buddy, wasn't a flashback sure back to the beginning of the pandemic, boy, I don't know what was. <laughs> Speaking uh, of bandanas. Yeah. Have either of you watched any of it or read anything about it? I read an article because the trailer was on Netflix and Sherry just happened to walk by while two trashy, scantily clad yeah. women were climbing onto a bed with their butts in the air. Naturally. And I was like excited because not because of that <laughs> Not because of that scene, but oh, because boy. season two of this show was back, and I and she looked at me like, "You're not going to watch this garbage, are you?" Well, and now your wife, who doesn't listen to this podcast, is somehow going to like overhear that, like just that. And, I was, and I was excited, excited. and that's going to be the end of what she <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so I, I promised her I wouldn't watch it, and instead read an article summarizing it. So okay. Uh, Kendall, did you watch? I actually so before you had sent had asked us if we had watched it. Um, I had seen that Tiger Belly Two was Tiger Belly Two. Goodness <laughs> gracious! Um, uh, Tiger King Two was out. Uh, and so I did want to watch it. And then, um, so I thought, well, what I should do, this is what I normally would do, go back to the last episode of season one and watch that as a refresher. Yeah. So now I know what I'm doing with season two. And uh, so I went to do that. Tells you how much I remember. I accidentally watched the entirety of the final episode <laughs> of season two. Oh, great. Um. And so I knew what happened. And then I, I tried to go back and watch. I, I think I watched most of of episode one of season two after that. And I was like, yeah, this just doesn't feel the same. It's not like you're sitting on pins and needles watching that. Like, I guess, like, I feel like that's not why people are watching that show no. because of the of the, the storyline. They're watching it to, like, we all know why we're all watching it. But... Uh, for some reason, it still didn't feel the same, which makes me think that there is some storyline to it that I was interested in. <laughs> yeah. was like, it's almost like they left out four episodes preceding this or something. <laughs> that sounded like a weird spinoff, by the way, when you first said that, like Tiger Belly 2, the chub- Chubby Hubbaloo. <laughs> uh, so I, we binge, there's five episodes in Tiger Belly season two. We just yeah. been, we binged it in a couple days. Um, I'll, I'll give my summarized thoughts. Yeah, but sure. That's it's what really. So season one was more like just if you handpicked five random episodes across the entirety of Jerry Springer, that was season one. Season two was like, oh, you really cared about Joe Exotic and did Carol Baskin's kill her husband from season one. We're going to make a true crime five episode arc about that. Yes. 
So that's really season two. Like they much more finely tuned the flow of it and the information. It felt far less sporadic and much more like we're going to play up the true crime aspect of this, but also it's Tiger King and it's friggin' weird. Um, With that said, tons happened and nothing happened in that season Mm -hmm. all at the same time. They have to have a season three. And frankly, if you don't get around to watching season two, but you want to see more next time you see the season three trailer, because it's got to be inevitable. You can probably just hop in there. It doesn't mean don't watch it if you don't think that that's funny, um, because I certainly found it funny and interesting. They get a lot more into Carol Baskin's the details of her sort of life and around when her husband died and a lot more into the husband's background. Um, if you felt like Joe Exotic was a villain and good somehow all at the same time, that doesn't really change, you know, through all of season two. So it's just a lot of like background trying to piece together. Yeah, that's what this article I read said is that they're picking the bones of what was left from that original story, trying to dive deep in areas that they can, but really only asking more questions especially about Baskin's husbands and a lot's left to speculation, but mainly, and not to get all PETA like or whatever, you're still ignoring (laughs) the issue of the animals the whole time. Mm -hmm. You're just following, you're putting so much energy. They're like Netflix could have just written a check to a tiger, uh, uh, preservation thing instead of doing a season two and it would have been money better spent. So this was obviously a more critical article, uh, article, but they're like, there really wasn't much more that, that yeah. got resolved. Joe's still in prison. Nothing's changed there. That jerk guy that's running the, um, the zoo now is still a jerk. Leather jacket guy. And we're just yeah. speculating on what happened with Carol Baskins. I, I, well, the, the, the hard thing is, and I actually, this was totally my perception. I'm not saying it was overt at all. Um, so they, at the tail end of season one, they talk about the guy who owns something similar to a park like Joe Exotic, but in Indiana. And he starts building a new zoo with the other guy in Texas, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, you know, he's he's off the deep end, but he makes a few points about um, animals as property. And, and he, he tries to boil down his argument really simply by saying, if these are my property and they're on my property, it doesn't matter what I'm doing with them. The federal government has no right to dictate what I'm doing with my property on my property. And that's such a basic argument that like almost anyone would agree with without context that I I feel like they were trying to really sway, like actually swerve away from the political side because there's so Mm -hmm. much polarization politically in America right now. I feel like he almost made a good point and they're like, let's just stay away from the political <laughs> yeah. PETA political side of this because they knew that there was enough other interesting information about Carol Baskins and the husband. They probably could have played that up for more dramatic effect and like made that a huge, well, what about the government and what about private land and private? I feel but like, that, yeah, but that's obviously not what they're trying to do. Right. That's not what they're right. trying to make, but they could have because it is, sure. it, it is wholly into that whole area. It's, it's all tied into that animal ownership and exotic animals and making private zoos. And they could have easily gone that direction for more 
drama, but I actually felt like they kind of steered they're, away from yeah. it a little bit. All they're looking for is cheap dirt because that's what they know the, the bulk <laughs> of us want to see. Yeah, that's what Dylan wants to see. So, <laughs> so anyways, I was certainly entertained. It was only go. five episodes, so I feel like you're not committing to much if you watch an episode or two or all five. Um, but I also feel like if you skip it and waited for season three, hoping that there was some more, because like I think Joe Exotic right now is like seriously ill, um, and and is still in prison. So like by the time season three rolls around, he could be gone or out of prison. Mm-hmm. Um, and there might be some more updates with some of the other things that they talk about. So, anyways, certainly interesting. Well, speaking of driving, um. Tom Segura months ago on his podcast was talking about him deep diving the show and binging Formula One Drive to Survive. This is like a perfect example of something we've talked about before, how interesting it is when you get a really good glimpse into a culture that you know nothing about. Um, That could be a, a fan base or an actual culture on the other side of the world or a a really niche food thing. It's just so interesting to me, right? Mm -hmm. And I got a glimpse of Indy a few years ago at Texas Motor Speedway, but the European F1 culture is something I know literally nothing about. Mm. And this show on Netflix is so beautifully (laughs) shot and the way that they weave the story of these teams and how F1 works. There's only 10 teams. Each team has two drivers. And so every young racer in Europe who starts in a go-kart wants to be one of those and they change drivers regularly and they'll swap teams. And so you can imagine the stuff that starts happening behind the scenes and the billions of dollars that are invested in this. The most famous race is probably Monte Carlo and Monaco where you see all the yachts on the side of the... The, the rock face and the, the track goes through the city. Like Iron Man 2. Yeah. Which they shot part of that in that. <clears throat> Celebrities setting. go there. It's a big deal. That's just one of 21 races each season. And this show, I'm two seasons in. This show is so well done. I know, again, I know nothing about the sport. I'm absolutely hooked. I've started following the drivers on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. It's so fascinating. These, and they're young, these young guys that are going from. I mean, zeros to literal overnight celebrities driving for Ferrari, Mercedes, Red Bull. Those are the top three teams. And then the, the rest of the midfield is, is sort of they jockey for position kind mm-hmm. of. But like it, Ferrari, Mercedes and Red Bull are like in the points year after year after year. They're the, they're the best of the best. And these other like lesser known teams that try to work their way up and the drama and the crashes and it's just so well done. Um, it's I highly recommend it. Um, something I don't recommend as strongly. Are you guys M Night Shyamalan fans? Nah. You like those sort of twisty suspense movies like Sixth Sense in the Village and yes, um, all that type of stuff. So his newest one you may have seen a trailer for is called Old. Uh, a family is on vacation. They're on a beach and they find that they're aging rapidly. We're talking like, like years in a matter of minutes and they they don't know why and if you know anything about Shyamalan films there's always a twist and so I'm not going to give away the twist but um it's one of those that you're like all right that was worth watching once 
But the concept of human beings and a family in particular, where you've got two generations represented and they're there with some other families, it, it gets a little weird when you start thinking about what would happen if you were just aging super rapidly and your body didn't know how to, your brain didn't know how to keep up with what was going on physiologically, physiologically in your body. So like when they get to the beach, there are two kids playing together, a boy and the girl who are not related. And you can imagine as minutes go by into puberty and then they sneak off and then she comes back and she's an adult now and pregnant or a teenager and pregnant. And then that, and it's just such a weird, because then the whole time you're, you're trying to go, why are they aging? And they can't leave. There's something weird about, it's a little, uh, I think they call it a, um, uh, a crack Canyon where it's like, it's a Canyon that's separated by only like a little vertical crack that you can just barely walk through. That's the only way to access the beach. Everything else is sheer rock faces. And when they try to go back out to where they got dropped off, something happens, they black out and they basically get pushed back out onto the beach. Mm. And so they can't escape. It's worth watching just to, if you're a Shyamalan fan, it's worth watching to just figure out what the twist is. But it's not a, it's not a great movie. And there's a lot of um, them saying out loud what should be left to the audience's inference. Yeah, there's, yeah, inference. They're just out loud going, well, it certainly can't be this. It must be this. And you probably wouldn't have drawn that conclusion. Yeah. And it probably would have been better if they just wouldn't have said that. I, I understand. Yeah. You know what I'm, it's not expl- uh, explanation. It's, um, they're saying out loud the things that you should be leaving the audience to figure out. Right. Anyway, um, worth watching, but probably not if you're not a Shyamalan fan, because you'd be like, what is this nonsense that I just watched? Interesting. Well, I have not watched anything new to tell you guys about. Okay. Um, nothing has changed on that front. I'm still watching WWE. Yeah? How's every, it going? Every Monday and Thursday episode. It's, it's going. It's going good. All it's right. going good. I still have yet to pay for anything. So as far as a pay-per-view event. So I still miss all of that stuff. I just rely on watching the following episode on Monday Night Raw and hoping that they show me enough enough uh, clips that I can piece together what happened. Nice. So, but, yeah. Well, I think this is, this is, this is good. I think we're going to call this one uh, Stuffing and Tigers and Bears. <laughs> Still my. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll let you know. Um, thanks for tuning in. I just want to shout out our two sponsors, if you want to call them that, Stella Mints and Artius Man. Stella Mints, I used a lot of these over the Thanksgiving break for family get-togethers. <laughs> CBD Mints that just take a little bit of that anxiety and edge off in three awesome flavors. Probably the most important thing about it is it's in a really discreet tin that you will feel comfortable taking anywhere. So, um, you know, nobody's going to be thinking, oh, they're taking CBD supplements, um, which are legal anyway. But it's just really, it's really stylish and really cool looking. You can throw it in your purse or in your saddlebag, and uh, they're great. 
Um, so go to StelloMints.com, use promo code THEMIDDLE at checkout to get 10% off your first order. And I believe they're going to be doing a um, sample pack soon. So be on the lookout for that. As well as Artius Man, amazing men's grooming products um, for your beard upkeep and body upkeep and freshness. Um, go to ArtiusMan.com. They have a bunch of sales and specials going on right now for the holidays. So check out their websites. I've been getting emails about the deals that they have on their sites. So go to ArtiusMan.com. Fill your cart with beard products, uh, balms, oils, waxes, shampoos. They candles. have really good um, soy-based woodwick candles worth every penny in awesome flavors. Um, and use promo code the middle again at checkout to get 25% off of your first order. 10% off all orders with Stello, 25% off your first order with RDS Man. Boom. Promo code the middle details below. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, by the way, Keegan, right? Yeah. Keegan, we got a bunch of awesome voicemails from you. Um, thank you for that. We are going to figure out how to weave those into future episodes. So we appreciate all the correspondence. Catch you guys next time. I'm going to share a picture that was from Wikipedia where it's like one guy with every color in his back. Floaty. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.